Hello, ladies and gents, and welcome to season two, episode twenty-five of the Homestead in UK podcast. I'm Aaron I'm with my mate Mike. How you doing, Mike? All right, mate. We're here in the Bahamas. <laughs> Lovely, isn't it? Oh. We're, 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 we're on, the, in, on a tropical island. Uh, no, no, we're not really. <laughs> Math for the chips. <laughs> I was going to say we were like in some exotic location. Well, we are, I suppose. We are having fish and chips on the beach, mate. In Seaford Bay. Beautiful. Looking out at a dredger. Sun going down. I'm about to cause great excitement by getting my swimming trunks on. Oi, oi. Well, I noticed the beach has cleared, actually. Yeah. <laughs> I maybe, maybe dispense with the trunks then, mate. Just get out of there. Just go for it. Yeah, it's nature intended, mate. I don't, I don't think Sussex is ready for that. <laughs> no, clear the rest of the beach, at least. Mind you, getting arrested live on a podcast might be that a first. That would be rock and roll. That would be well rock and roll. <laughs> oh, oh, so how you been, mate? You all right? I'm, uh, I'm fine, thank you. I'm much better that I'm down here now doing something. Sometimes there's a bit of inertia in there at the end of the working day. You just want to go home and vegetate, and there's nothing wrong with that. But if you make yourself just get up and get out and do something, you always feel better for mm. it. Mm. You know, there was a moment there in your kitchen where we... Could easily just, just stayed there, could we? We could have just sat there and had a cup yeah. of tea and chin wag till the sun went down, but... Rear, I'm about to crack open my high-tech... Skip raided rod bag. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Like a bit been raiding, don't you? Look at mate, this is this is this has kept me kept me going for the last 20 years. Hang mm. on. Laurel tackle. I'm sure back in the day that was a high quality piece yeah. of kit. But it's never failed. Well, it's well made, isn't it? For what it's for, because it's a rod bag. Mm. It keeps my rods. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'll be looking in to get one of those. I'll have to pick one up at some point. Yeah. Okay. So what we're doing here, come on, give this one. Tell the crew. It's Thursday night. It's about quarter to eight. High tide's in about 45 minutes. Yeah. And what we're looking at is there's going to be some mackerel in the bay somewhere. And we're hoping that they might swim past us enough that we can it's pretty say much thank you very much and take it to home. perfect mackerel conditions. It's, it's nice sunny evening. We had a bit of, bit of rain this morning. Not much to speak of. I don't know about you, but... Always we had, promise of rain we had, and then I got a little bit of drizzle. We had, we had quite good rain for a little while. Yeah, that's on there for. I don't like the look of that. It's all dried out again now, isn't it? Look at that, mate. Look, there's the old scales there. Oh yeah, that's the seen, a, seen a bit of action. Tell you what, mate. Woo! But, yeah, so um, the sun's shining now, and uh, it's, well, it's starting to go down, isn't it? But we've got a couple of hours of daylight yet, and uh, we've got another 45 minutes to high tide, so it is prime mackerel. Yeah, fish here in Seaford, the mackerel follow the white bait in. Yep. And uh, it's usually around this sort of time in the evening. I mean, you can catch mackerel at any time. I've got no clue where that rod's come from, mate. Probably out of a skip, mate. It's a bit too good. Someone said, oh, someone yeah. give me that. Where's that come from? A Daiwa power cast. How long is that? Oh, that could be the answer to your prayers mm. right there, mate. Not could be, couldn't it? There you go. Happy Christmas. <laughs> Thank you very much. There you go. Oh, I'll tell that. you why. Look, there's a rod ring missing there, look. Oh, well. But you could tape one on there. Yeah. But it'll still work fine. There you go. Yeah, thank you very much. Perfect. Well, that sorted you out. <laughs> well, get that going now and see if it works. I probably bought that a few ages ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thought about it. I hope right, it's it all right. There. Oh, I appreciate it, mate. Amazing. Yeah, so we're down here. We're hoping to have a bit of a chin wag and just chill out and have a bit of fish and chips and a... I've got a beer, it's very I've nice. Had a, I've had a very nice fish and chips, nice. mate. It was alright, wasn't it? And then no, um, really. we might see if we can catch a few mackerel if they come swimming by. But what's nice about mackerel fishing is often you can see them, can't you? I know we can't see them far out, but if they come close enough that they're 
we're really in. We'll like leap we into action, year. mate. We will, we're like gazelles, aren't we? Absolutely. Mm. Mm. Well, this is a small one. So uh, that's the plan. So we're just here, and and I think you know I've seen a lot of posts and things. Not so much on our group, but on various other groups about oh, are the mackerel in yet? Are the mackerel in yet? Um, and the answer is yes, in, yeah. in a, a resounding way. And obviously, it's still early in the season, relatively. But I've seen people bringing in some significant numbers of fish uh, in this area and further afield um, online and social media and all that. Um, and so, if you live I, somewhere, I've where... picked up some rods here from somewhere. It looks like it, doesn't it? Well, here's another one, which is definitely not mine. <laughs> I think that's a carp rod, is it? I think that's a carp Maybe. rod. Little three-piece carp that's rod. Nice, though. Well, um, I don't know where that's come. I reckon someone's just said, I'm getting rid of these. Yeah, probably. And I've gone, oh, yeah, I'll have those, like last year. Yeah, yeah. And now I can't remember. Well, you've done well out of it. Well, I was going to say, not bad, is it? It's probably a car boot find, if I'm it's being totally honest. It's a bit like when, when people go, do you want brewing gear? Brewing like, gear. Yes, please. Yeah, yeah. Cause Take I, it first. I'll, I'll ask, have it. Ask questions I'll, later. I might use it, or I might give it away, but I'll have it. Thank there's, you very much. Here's the and, old uh, Excalibur there, mate. Oh, yes. Go on. Um, yeah, so here we are out fishing, hoping to get lucky tonight. And... Um, I suppose the question then, mate, is what you've been up to today? Where you been? So, it work? I've been very busy this week, but what I'm really pleased about is that all of the um, area of outside planting is done now at work. Nice, yeah. Which is an area 40 by 80 metres. So, I think that works out nearly an acre. No, sorry, nearly half an acre. Yeah. Something like that. So I don't actually 40 know. 40 by 80. Yeah. Yeah, it's quite a big area. Yeah. Metres. Mm. I have to work that out at some point. It sounds like quite a lot anyway. Mm. And so, so, the last bit of it we filled in, well, I filled in today with my pumpkins that I've put out. Yep. About 100 pumpkins gone in there. And some of that is about um, being in a position to obviously have a lot of food, but also pumpkins... They're quite malleable, you know, whereas a lot of my plantings are very formal. I can actually mould where the pumpkins grow slightly to fill up the space and yep. push them around a little bit. Cover the they, ground a bit, save the your weeding. Save the weeding. Once they're in there, yeah, you can feed them a little bit. I'll probably give them all a handful of uh, pellet chicken manure or, or actual manure if I've got any. Yep. And they will be absolutely fine. And they will just do their thing. <coughs> and then you take your harvest at the end of the year, don't you? It's not yep. anything too... Rock and roll, you just do what you can with what you got. Well, there's nothing overly clever about it, is there? It's mm. with, with the pumpkins, like you say, once they're in, there's not much. I mean, there's a few things that can go wrong with them. And obviously, mildew is the obvious one of those. But I've, sp I've spaced them out really well. Yep. And the one thing I would say is if you are going to grow a lot of pumpkins, it's a very good idea to mark where you plant them with a cane because you are never going to find where oh, they're planted. That's a good shout. So, what I do is I plant the pumpkin. I put in a four foot cane because yeah. generally that's higher than where they'll grow to and then at least when I'm aiming my water I can you aim know it roughly where at, to put it yeah. yeah that's a good shout I like that tip that's a good one that's a really good well, one well I am full, <laughs> full well, of you, something you are now a full time farmer lifeboat going past now look oh yeah they've had the news mate they've heard that there might be someone like me going in that's come out of New Haven hasn't it? there's been, there's been a, lot, a lot of people recently rescued off the coast in inflatables been blown offshore you calling me an inflatable? Well, that's a bit harsh. <laughs> I wasn't, but if the cap fits, mate. That's a bit harsh, Al. I feel, I feel like you've... Uh... Now, look, there's four anglers got up there, mate. Look, they're all looking keen, look. Can you see them all? 
Yeah. There's four of them all gone in that little spot. Yeah. I wonder that I if we, it, we need it, to be ready to move, don't we? we need well, to, you say that. We need, need to get this on here. But um, so you've got your outdoor space. And what's interesting when you said that earlier, I was like, oh, so have I. Yeah. And it is exactly the same. My my space, outdoor space, is probably 150 square meters. Yeah. But all of my outdoor space now that I'm intending to plant this year is pretty much planted. All done, mate. Yeah. Pretty much. As as those few that you brought me over, I'll get them in the ground. Yeah. Um, and I've got some leaks that need to be moved and a few bits of, you know, I'm now getting into succession planting yep. and planting out. Um, but essentially, my main crop, first first main crop of the year is in. Lovely. Um, and I'm now just looking to, as the spaces come available, be ready to make the most of those opportunities. Yeah. Um, but that, you know, I'm sowing for that. It's one of the things I've done this week because I've sown a load of stuff. And yeah, I'll probably come on to a bit extras. more of that later on. Yeah, I've put in a few extras, but I'm also in a position where I've got that feeling that you get at the end of June where the manic bit is just stopping a little yeah, bit. Yeah, it's not quite so crazy, is it? Yeah, Finally. it's just stopping. And I'm going to get into maintenance quite soon now. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So, like, weeding? And... Weeding, watering. But the yeah. water, but not because I've now got quite a lot of automated watering, that's not been nearly as tricky. Okay. That must be nice. It's very yeah. nice. I could easily go and spend an hour a couple of times a week watering at the allotment. Yeah. I often don't, if I'm honest. Yeah. Plants have to take their chances. I think that watering might be something we could discuss. Maybe in the next podcast we could really look at it and, you know, I could even do a little bit of research, you know, put a couple of plants out and look at how much I'm watering them quite scientifically and, and then we could report back on the growth even, you know? Well, I think, as we've said before, there is a tendency naturally to overwater. Oh, I know I do, yeah. Um, and... I think particularly with, with some crops where you know if you don't water enough, you're going to cause yourself more grief. Yeah. It, it's understandable. Yeah. And then other times, it's like, actually, you could do without watering. And especially in these times of, you know, we've, we've now got a hose pipe ban in our area, haven't we? Yeah. Um, so already, we're only just at the end of June and we've got a hose pipe ban, which, frankly, I'm finding hard to fathom mm. after all the rain we had earlier this year. But that's what it is. Bonkers. We're having to re- respond to that. Um, so if we can reduce the amount of water we use, that'll make life a lot easier, won't it? Absolutely. You know, that's top of my list is making my life easier because I've got enough going on without making <laughs> making work for myself for no reason, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, show me this now, mate. Right, you've got, what have you got? Shop leader. Tell you what, that looks like some high-quality leader you've got there. What's that? Who's that made by? Tournament shop leaders. Tournament. Superior, superior Japanese quality, I'll have you know. All right, who's that made by, mate? It's made by... Um, Koiki, Keiki. How'd you say that? Poundland, that says out. Yeah, yeah, apparently, yeah, yeah. <laughs> eBay, eBay special, mate. Intended for um, foundation, no, foundationless, Fa- yeah, foundationless okay. beef. beef I might beef. have something a little bit better than oh, that. All right, okay, well, I'll keep that then for the foundationless. Keep that for the found- yeah, so it's perfect for the foundationless. We're space. multitasking here because we use our same shock leader. <laughs> That's what we use. We should put a picture up for the big frames when we do because people that do beekeeping will be like, what? <laughs> that works. Are you, are, you ready, are you ready for mine? <laughs> well, I think mine's called Greased Weasel. Oh, oh that does look good. Actually. That's the serious stuff there. That does look serious. So, basically, if you don't know, when you're fishing for mackerel, there's quite a lot of inertia on the casting out, and yep. so you have to put a stronger bit of line on. Yeah. We're probably both fishing with a probably a 15 to 20 pound breaking strain bit of monofilament yeah but on the end you want <coughs> three or four turns of the good stuff so this is what you do measure out i wanted a bright color mate i'm disappointed now you can use yours if you want al 
Yeah. It won't be any problem. I'm, going I'm with sure the, it's very nice. The reason I'm going nice. with bright colour is because I'm a bit simple when it comes to fishing. I'll get a bit carried away. Nothing wrong with that. And having a bright colour on the end means mm -hmm. I'll be able to see it and then not over well, overwinding my feathers and getting hooked up in the end of my, my yeah. uh, rod. That's what I was going with. What? This is what I do. Alright. So cut a bit off, yeah, first no. of all? No. You can cut it off, but I've just left mine there. Oh, it's okay. easier to leave it on the spool. Alright. Take your piece of thick, heavy leader yep. and put a single hitch in it. Like this. You know what a hitch is. Like that. Yeah. But don't pull it tight. Yeah? Yeah. And then get your piece of regular and put it through the gap of the hitch yeah. and give yourself plenty. What, maybe a foot? Alright. Is your line under your bail arm? Yes. Yeah, well done. Right. So look, and then what you do is you tighten up that and it's a good idea to put a tiny bit of spit on it and just pull that as tight as you can. Alright? Yep. Tight as you can. That hitch. And basically what you're going to now do is you're going to tie a blood knot behind oh, okay. behind that knot. Right. And all that knot does is stop it slipping off the end. All right? Yep. But obviously, you really want to, once you've done it, you really want to try and get that knot as sleek as you can. Because sometimes it goes, it obviously has to go through the eyes. Yeah, yeah. So this is how I do my blood knot. I'm going to wrap this round the main leader four times, but I'm going to leave a loop here. All right. All right, so look. One. Oh, okay, I'll see how that works. Yeah. Two. Oh, I haven't done this for a while. One. Two. Three. This is a riveting radio. It really is. Yeah, yeah. Four. Four. Like that, right? Yeah. Back through that hole yeah. there. All right. And now, hold the main line in the end. And then wet it because you need a bit of lubrication. And then look, as you pull the main line, yeah. it should form blood knot. You have to try and keep that one as well. There we go. Like that. Yeah, is yours tightened up? Yeah. Now that's perfect. Nice. This is this is really Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. What is the what's the breaking strain on yours? That is uh, fifteen to sixty pound, apparently. Okay. Well, we'll give it a go. Well, what's the worst that'll happen, mate? You'll lose a couple of fish. That's yeah. all. So now, what you need is your nail clippers, and, and as in, hang on, nail clippers. Actual right? nail clippers. Yeah. And I always keep off, a spare yeah. pair, and you can actually have these. All right. Oh, I've got some, mate. Of those somewhere. Yeah. And yeah, then what right. you do is you use those to clip it as tight as you can, but yeah. not too tight so that it'll go back through the knot. Yeah. And then what a lot of people would do, if you know, serious anglers, mate, making sure you don't drop any monofilament on yeah, the beach, yeah. um, is that they would cover that with a bit of super glue and get it all nice and sleek. Oh, right, yeah. Right? It, obviously, it's a really good idea to pull it, and if you can pull it apart, then you've got to do it again. Yeah, yeah. Because you're a lot... Yeah, yeah. Not entirely convinced with this leader. <laughs> all right, mate, we'll go with yours. It's all good. Yeah. I don't think good. I was putting 60 pound of pressure on that. Well, I don't know. I reckon you weigh a bit more than the mackerel. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, one, you did catch a big one the other day. I did catch but a big two, one I wasn't hanging off the end of it, Al. 
So let's see what mine's going to be like, shall we? You want to cut these tag tags off because you don't want them too long because otherwise you're um they just catch on your eyes as you yeah. as you go in. But you got you you know there's got to be an element of realism there. Yeah. There we go. I mean, once that's done, you can wind it round your reel, and you only want two or three turns on your. Only want two or three turns, mate. Right. So, what have you been doing? Tell the listeners. Well, out. well I just I've been, this I've on. been trying to get the rest of the um, get the rest of the allotment planted up, yeah. and I've finally now got all the smarters in their grow, final growing positions. Yeah. Every single one, uh, and all bar the few the, the, those lovely squashes and courgettes and that you bought me today, I'll get everything else out uh, on a few chilies as well. Uh, so everything's now planted. I've yeah. got. I've been sowing again this week. Right. Um, and some of that now is I'm beginning to look towards like autumn and winter crops. Oh, well, we might um, talk about that. Which we'll talk we? about a bit more, I think, later on. But also I'm sowing for succession. And what I'm looking at now is I'm going around the allotment and obviously my, what I've done, and, and I, I didn't intend for this to happen, Yeah. but one of the things that I've done by dividing my beds up into 25 smaller beds yeah. is I've now created these little spaces where I can go, oh, right, those are going to be coming out soon. What have I got that's going to fill that space? And as opposed to it being, oh, there's loads of stuff or there's you know loads of space or... I don't know how much space that is. I know roughly yeah. how many plants I can get into that five by five foot space. Yeah. So I'm now planting with that in mind. So I planted a few cabbages the other day. I did some vertus, Savoy vertus. Oh, I love a vertus. Yeah. Mine got battered last year. Did they? Yeah, that was the one that got the um, really bad white fly. All right, yeah. And it was a shame because they, you know, they are yeah. one, they are one of my. Oh, it's because I'm left-handed. Eh? Yeah. I forgot yeah. I was left-handed. Yeah, you're lefty. All right, that's why I've gone the wrong way, maybe. Look, but one, but, um, two, look at look, look <laughs> at the difference. You forgot your left-handed. Look, look at the difference in that. <laughs> now, if you want, you can put that back through itself yeah. twice. So you can go oh, in yeah, there. Yeah. In through there and then back in through there again. Yeah, and some people actually do five more turns that side. Yeah. Like there, look. All right, yeah. But I've never had that happen. Oh, so I see. Yeah. In there, yeah. like that. Oh, okay. Nice. So the other thing I've been doing is just trying to keep on top of weeding as best as I can. I found that difficult the allotment, if I'm honest, because I've had to still be digging, which is not ideal. When it's do you think? Here's a question degrees, for you. Tell you. Go on. Do you think that no rain means less weeds? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I think this last no, two no years doubt. we've been quite lucky. Well, if you think about it, how many times have you mown your lawn this year? Every weekend. Have you? Well, it's like Buckingham Palace, my house. Oh, mate. Okay. You've got the so old stripes I've... and a croquet lawn out the front. I've <laughs> literally mown, mown my lawn twice this year. All right, right. No, maybe you can reel up, no, reel twice, up, twice, reel up. Twice. I'll maintain twice. tension while you reel up. And you want this knot, and then about three or four turns. Oh, my son. You'll feel it. Right, you're on now. Yeah. Three or four turns. One, two, three, two. There we go. I'm giving you, <coughs> giving you plenty there. I reckon, hey, gonna, I reckon you're going to lose at least one lot of feathers today. <laughs> <laughs> That's ready now for oh, you to tie you, your... Um, Cheers. Appreciate that. What do they call it? Your rig. Your tie your rig, rig on, yeah, mate. I've got a rig here somewhere. So, what do you mean you've got a rig here? I've, huh? got, I've, I've picked up the finest quality feathers from the carbon oh, I should sale. put those on. Don't you worry. Well, I'm, I'm going to put mine on and all. The finest quality. Off, and I even bought you two brand new weights. Look at that. Beautiful. Brand new. Um, right, have you got one of these, did you say? Yeah, I've in got your little. Yeah, I no, no, put it in your you sure? box. That's what it's right. for. That's um, it. Do your nails on the beach yeah, if yeah, anything yeah. else yeah. while we're sitting here. That's why you got your feet out, is it? No, mate, I'm going about to <laughs> going about to frighten some fish in a minute, mate. I'll tell you that. Yeah, so um, I've been able to sort of have a really good idea of what can go in. Yeah. So I've been looking at what I've sowing space I've got. So I know, for example, my Monge 2 are coming to an end. I've oh, mine are out. 
I've got a few. Well, I've got a few that uh, I did some really late. Well, not late, oh, sowing, okay. but later sowings. I know are still to come, but the right. bulk of them are done. The broad beans are now are now harvesting those in pretty big numbers, and they'll be out in a few weeks. Mine are out. Took yeah. them out. <coughs> yeah. Um, but this is the difference from polytunnel growing. This is the isn't difference it? polytunnel to outdoors. And then obviously this is the only thing, mate. I think it's a total mystery. Because that should be easy to get off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I never do it. I never <laughs> get it. I've got myself into. Yeah. I th and I reckon that if you were here with someone who actually knew what they were doing, yeah. they'd go, oh, this is how you do I'm that. inevitably going to hook it in my finger. So what I'm going to do, I'm actually going to tie mine on now. You hear me squeal, it's because I've spiked myself on one of these mackerel hooks. I'll tell you what, these are, these are, what are they, who are they made by? don't know, but they are top quality, mate. BZS, mate. They look a little bit like a kid's Easter picture. I think you should get a photo of those. I need you to get a photo of those because we're recording on my phone, mate. Okay, now look, I reckon I've got this. I've, I, mate, I've only I've only done it, look. No, surely not. I've only worked that out at the age of 21. 74. <coughs> How to get them off without them all tangling up. Well, there we go. Well, he says, <laughs> confidently. Yeah, so, it's uh, yeah, looking at things coming out, I've got... Climbing beans are starting to get up now, really nice. Lovely. Sometimes I've struggled trouble getting them going up at the allotment in the past. Yeah. yeah. And they've gone really well this year, but I think that's just the heat. And sweet corn's looking really, really good, really healthy again. It loves the heat. Um, I have had some trouble with my tomatoes, though, mate. I mate. Um, well, you know, I tried this twine thing that I've seen mm. everywhere this year for the first time. So basically, what you do is you you do a coil of twine underneath the the root ball of the of the tomato. Yeah. And the idea then is you tension that up onto a, a beam above the tomato plants yeah and then you you kind of um twist the tomato plant around this bit of twine you're going up there yeah I, i've just tied this on yeah. you could put a swivel on and then a speed link and a hook yeah. three granny knots mate don't try and do anything too flash flash me yeah three granny knots or you can do a blood knot if you're when have i ever done anything flash mate i don't know mate <laughs> No, so I've had trouble with that because what, what I've found is that the, the twine has been rotting off at the base. Right. So I went up at the allotment the other day thinking, oh, I've got an hour before it gets too warm to do a bit of digging. Yeah. Ended up spending it standing my tomato plants back up again because they'd all fallen over That's where the shame. twine had failed. And is that um, because you're using natural twine, though? That probably wouldn't happen if you were using baler twine or something, would it? No, no. I know you probably don't want to use baler twine on your um, on your eco-friendly plot. No, I don't want to use baler twine Mate, on my plot. Mate, I'm in. Here we go. And then this All is right. what I do. Hold on a minute, what have I missed at the bottom there? You've done something on your weight there, what have I missed Look at there? That. Look. Right, what one have you got? What one of the ones you just give me? Somewhere. Right, let's have a look, mate. Alan's looking like a kid at Christmas here. Well. Do you know how to do this bit? No, that's what I've been struggling with. I've, right. I've, I've found a solution to it. So look, this is what you do. You put it through, so through the hook on the, the whole on the, lot. Yeah. And then put the weight through the. Mm. Oh, that's way easier than what I was doing. There you go. Right. Cheers, mate. Is that on? Yep. They'll sort themselves out. Yep. If you wind that up now, mate, you yep. should be able to get that bottom, that one, on the bottom um, eyelet of your yep. thing. I hope it's going to work, that rod. Well, you cast once and it all breaks in half. We know why someone was selling it at the car boot. Mate, the damn sight easier than... Look. Go on. There we go. That's a damn story. sight easier than trying to cast out with that Tell massive... what, mate? Look, that's... That's Spot not on, too it? bad. I reckon we get an eyelet off eBay tonight. Yep. Bish bash bosh. Yeah, perfect. Thank you, mate. Yeah, so that's enough fishing. <laughs> <laughs> Set the rods up. We look we look good. 
So what was interesting though was that as obviously part of my job I do a bit of teaching horticulture, you know, at a very, very basic level. Um, but I took my, my group up to Wisley, RHS Wisley, on a couple of days ago now. Yeah. And I was just looking around their allotment on their new new spot they've got up there. And they've actually, rather than putting the, the twine in the ground, yeah. they've actually got tent pegs in the ground. Oh. And they've right. tied the twine onto the tent pegs. And that stops it rotting off. Which stops it rotting off. So, so you could like hand fashion your own sweet chestnut pegs, that'd be good. Or I could just buy some tent pegs, mate. No, don't buy tent pegs. Pick <laughs> up some second hand. workshop, mate. Oh, yeah. Not yet, I haven't. Just get some. Do them at school, man. Just get lads to carve them. All I need is a bit of um, bit of pallet wood, isn't it? And put a notch Go in it. Go out into the woods and get a bit. I'll do it, on it? Chestnut, right. mate. Yeah. All right. It's a nice thing carving. That's, that's something to do for next year now. Anyway, hazel, hazel. Be yeah, right. I'll do, I'll but do chestnut will last in the ground. You'll <coughs> yeah. be able to get them out and use them again. That's what I want to do. I don't have to keep doing it every year. I've got time. Might have to take a photo here, mate. Yeah, it's lovely, isn't it? Um, yeah. So the tomatoes—they're going really well. They're growing really well. Yeah. They've been really successful, but obviously a few of them now are a bit bendy and falling over, and I've had to put them back up again. You know. Yeah. So, well, that's been that. Beekeeping-wise, I've not done a lot. I probably should have done, but I had a plan to do some. Well, yeah. just after we did the last podcast, yeah. I was going to take my dad out on Father's Day. Yeah. I've been promising him for well the last couple of years since I've had hives near his house, and he's been they catch at least one swarm for us every year at their house. Yeah. So I've been saying, look, I must take you out and have a look at the bees, and he's been really keen. And I was like, right, Father's Day afternoon, we'll do it, and of course that's the one day in the last six weeks it's actually rained properly. It's lashed it down. <laughs> it really did. That was that. Um, so not much beekeeping-wise, so I've got those swarms still to move. Yep. That's got to happen soon. And I've probably done yeah. more beekeeping than you. You probably have, by the sound of it. Yeah. ironic, isn't it? Because norm- normally it's the other way around, isn't it? Well, I did have a look at that swarm that we caught at work last Friday. Took a couple of lads in to have a look at that, which is really nice. Yeah. Um, and then we saw the queen, actually, which is really nice. Oh, some lads it? hadn't done it before, and you're like, oh, there's a queen bee. And how many people do you know that have ever seen a queen honeybee, you know? Not many. Absolutely. So that was a nice thing to be able to do. Absolutely brilliant. Uh, but it was a tiny little cast swarm, so I don't know. See how they do. But listen, mate, it's early. Right? This is what I was yeah. thinking is that, yeah, we might have to get some fondant. But let's be honest, our, our record of keeping swarms has been a bit rubbish. So I think we're going to have to try and look into getting better at overwintering our swarms. Well, I think I'm going to have to stop calling myself a bee keeper. No. Bee catcher. Bee catcher. Big pair of like baseball gloves. Bee loser. Bee loser. <laughs> Bee killer. No, but I think I think I think we could. I mean, for the sake of investing in a in a thing of um, fondant for each one, I think it's doable. Mate, I seem to have loads of rods here, so I'm going to give you another one. All right, you sure? Because I've literally got oh wow a really small rod, another really small rod, and then in this here there's another really small rod. All right, okay. That one's going to be longer. I think that's a carp rod. Look, I, I ain't never going to use it. I've anything. got a carp rod. What's this all about? Look I've got the size a of that one. Yeah, yeah. Is that what that is? Probably. Is that well, I don't know it's even a carp rod. That's probably just like a horse fishing river rod, you know? Like I haven't got a clue rod. where they've come from. All right. I hope I don't give them to you and then someone goes, Have you still got my. Well, you can have them back if they do. <laughs> have you still got, my... still got my rods, mate? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, there you go. Look. Look at that little flattened one there. That's so light. Yeah. If you put um, a spinner on that, you know, like one of those Dexter wedges, yeah. or literally a two-ounce weight and cut all of the, two, just two hooks. Yeah. You could just mackerel for two. So Anna, my girl, she'd love that. Because we came down here last, about this time yeah. last year, last August maybe. What, what's just gone in right. the water there? Something. What was that? 
Did you see it? Yeah, well, just quite I thought it was around. a bird going in, but I think it was a fish coming out. Oh, I thought it was just literally a little bit of white water, but it can't be because no, there's nothing else there, no, is there? It was definitely safe. Now, the only fish I've, we saw that last time we were here. We did. We saw bass maybe do that. And the other thing I know that do that are garfish. And if there's garfish, they'll take your feathers. So in a minute, we might have to have a little. Yeah, we'll stop and chuck a few. We'll have to have a little bit of the old. <laughs> anyway, I get yeah. excited when they. Yeah, sure. so. Sorry, we keep sorry, going off sorry, on a tangent. Sorry. I don't know how good listening right. is. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. <laughs> so, beekeeping. Let's just finish that. I've been hiving swarms yep. up to full strength, yep. getting them up. So you took that one I left early. under the apple tree for you, didn't you? Yeah, I've done that one, and I've yep. also had two at home. Yep. Give one to a beekeeper friend. Yep. Put one in, both looking great. Saw the queen, lovely laying pattern. I kept them in the um, nuke box for about three weeks. Yep. So I presume that was a virgin queen off a cast. I don't think it was a super seizures swarm. Yep. And so they've gone out, got them to come back, and started laying really well. Yep. But moving them before they start to emerge is nice because once the bees start to emerge you're going to have quite a, a bit a lot of bees in a small amount of space yeah yeah so at the moment and do you know what they lived on my shed on my chicken house roof yeah which i visit twice a day mm. no bother you wouldn't even know they were there mate they're literally just above the like the, the person door of my garage yeah. and there's a swarm know. there now and they've been there for about three or four weeks three oh, weeks really? probably and literally no bother whatsoever having said that if i went in there you yeah. might have some trouble. Right, I wouldn't okay. open them up on the garage roof. No, no, they'd be all over. Um, be all over you, and then they'd be all over everyone that came by for an hour or so afterwards, potentially. So it's not it's not an ideal situation for keeping the bees, but for, for them to stay there for the time being. But it's when, all right. When I get round to moving them, they'll be able to go straight into full hive, potentially, which will be amazing. I'm on the old cola cubes here, bruv. Oh, really? Oh, they lovely. Oh. Well, keep my uh, radio voice. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> No, no, I've been trying to keep on. I'm trying, trying to get my pond sorted out as well, actually. Which is well, there's a homesteading first. Well, <laughs> we haven't talked about ponds. It, I've, I've, you know, I've got two little ponds in the garden, and yeah. I did it to try and attract some wildlife in, mainly insects, really, much anything else. Um, not much point in, in attracting anything else in because of my cats, and they'll just kill it all, yeah. it. But um, trying to get that so it's not all a bit green and murky looking. He's catching. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not all a bit green and murky looking, and then hopefully. Yeah, you know, attract the wildlife in it. We've seen a lot of damsel flies and that's beautiful, isn't it? A lot, a lot of dragonflies in the garden. Well, I gave up some of mine to flowers, as you know. Mm. Not, I haven't got a pond, but certainly um, I've had a lot more um, different um, insects coming in because I'm growing the dahlias and the sweet peas yeah. and marigolds and everything like that. So I've been really pleased with how it's gone. And yeah. I've had my first dahlia up. I was really chuffed with it. Beautiful flower. I'm gonna send you yeah, a picture. Yeah, it's of a it. lovely picture. It was really nice. You know, and I, you know, I'm learning my way with it, but. Yeah. People, you know, it's, there's always something to do. And, and you know, people, well, flowers, what's that got to do with homesteading? But it's all about being out there. It's all about those natural rhythms, all about being involved. And there's so many crossover skills, isn't there, about, you know, getting, learning about how different plants operate and then being able to kind of, like, think about how you might get the best out of them. And, and whether that's a flower or a vegetable or a fruit or whatever. Well, I think all part of it. I think, in it. you know, obviously the, the ornamental side of things is something I've always been into. But it's some good mindfulness now. About, yeah, You know, amazing. I've got a space to go home yeah. to and relax in. Not that yeah. I need a lot of relaxing at the moment, but it is very important. And I know that there are people out there who mix their vegetables and their um, flowers. I was chatting to someone at work today and she said that she went to Sarah Raven's Cuttings Garden, which mm. is very close to us. And she always advocates growing flowers with vegetables well, just got, because it gives you a different focus I've got rhubarb in my garden I planted a cucumber in my garden last night Very nice. just to see what happens obviously got the Very herb nice. patch as well 
and I just think that actually having them in the garden means they're there so I've got rhubarb I've got enough rhubarb in my garden I don't need any of the allotments so I haven't got to worry about that space yep. but the other thing about having the pond is that in a pinch I could water my chickens out of that yeah. in yeah. a pinch I could water my vegetables yeah. out of that yeah. in so a pinch we could drink out of it you could now there is another side you know, of it, um, and I've got a 72 gallon it's literally a cattle trough sunk in the ground yeah. which I've turned into a pond and it's lovely but it is a bit green yeah but it doesn't no. matter, mate. With your life draw, you're in, isn't it? Right, exactly. Exactly right. Right, well, how long have we been going on? Oh, half, half an hour. An hour. Shall, we, shall we take a break there, mate? Yeah, Let's go and cast out a little bit. And then, and then we'll come back and tell everyone about the massive whale we just caught. And uh, and then we might give out a few more tips, all right? Speak tips for tips. I haven't given out any tips. <laughs> just muffled for a... Okay, we're back. So we've had, I don't know, maybe 45 minutes fishing, hour fishing perhaps. And the uh, sun is pretty much going down now, certainly behind the clouds anyway. We're still out on the beach, so as you can probably hear the, the sound tides of the sea in the background. Tide's turned, though, isn't it? Tide's turned, going back out again. Um, but Mike caught a few tonight, didn't you, mate? Oh, yeah. And didn't take very long either. No, and there's, there are a lot of people catching fish, but funnily enough now, looking at the locals, they're all going home. Yep. And we've stopped, and it does feel that... It just does feel. I don't think it's because it's night. I think it's like because the tide's gone down, and the mackerel here do come up seemingly over high tide, don't they? And you know, you might fish, you might fish and get some more, but that's just how it is. But I think that I think that I like this time of night to fish around yeah. nine o'clock. Yeah, eight nine o'clock. So tomorrow night being better than for you. It would, yeah. Yeah. I like it when it gets dark as well. Yeah. But um, yeah. it's been a bit of a bonus today though because the weather's not been so good. Yeah. And we thought, actually, we weren't going to do it, well, didn't we? Well, we weren't sure we could even come. So certainly, this time yesterday, looking at the forecast, it's like, yeah. But actually, but, it's been really pleasurable. Well, then, they've changed a bit, didn't it? And they were saying, oh, sunny spells. And actually, it's been really pleasant, hasn't it? The weather's probably kept a few people away. Yep. Yep. And yep. now, like I say, the last, literally, looking up and down. Everyone's packing up. Yeah. But that's because it's a work day. Yeah. You know, people yeah. are going to work, aren't they? I work Whereas... tomorrow morning. Don't want to be too late to bed, do you, no. I suppose? So. And, um... And I've caught five mackerel. Very nice which too. Will be enough for a couple of meals or a bit of bait for the winter. Yep. Um, and my mum and dad are coming up at the weekend, so they we might have a little barbecue. Lovely. They'll last. They'll last on the um, in the fridge till then. Yeah. So that's really that. that's really good. I, I haven't caught any this time, but I only live around the corner, so I feasibly could come but again you came tomorrow last night. Time, didn't you? I did. I've been down previously. Yeah. This season. It's not like your family caught turned up, didn't they? Which was nice. Yeah, it's really nice. They popped over to see us. They're out getting chips as well, you know, got to do it. Nice sunny day. Just looking out, mate. Seaside it's town. It's literally a million blues, isn't there? Wow, well, that, that sky over the wind farm out there is. So maybe, I'll, else, maybe I'll take this picture and send it to you and you can use it for the podcast today. Almost, almost need you to bring your paints up sometime, mate. They're here, they're there, mate. Oh, they're not, are they? Yeah, of course <laughs> Never, I don't go anywhere without them, mate. You're not. Amazing. No, but if I start painting now, the no, podcast will take a. Very bad <laughs> turn, turn for the worst. So just quickly then, obviously we've gone fishing my local town. I live right by the beach, as everyone knows, and very near the beach. And we've popped down here for a couple of hours tonight. You're taking home a dinner's worth of mackerel, a couple of dinners worth of mackerel, maybe. Yeah, and I think if we if we'd have, not much effort, if we'd have yeah. pushed it, yeah, we, maybe we could have got some more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but the thing about this particular fish is that when they are in, there are a lot here. Yes. And it's still something which I don't know if you could rely on it, but once the mackerel shoals do start to turn up on the south coast of the UK, 
they would probably be the easiest, most plentiful catch. Yep. I would suggest. I mean, yeah, you can have other things, but I always found, because I'm not a natural fisherman, I, I didn't learn it until I was really, mm. you know, 25, 26, yep. 27. And I learned it here on this yep. beach because I was working with a group of students up the road and, I, they, you know, we, we used to work in the evenings and I, I'd never fished at all, yep. not as a kid or anything. Yeah. And it's because I'm allergic to fish, that's why. Yeah, no point in you fishing. You can't eat no. fish you and I don't actually get fishing for pleasure. No. Like um, course well, angling. I did course fishing when I was a kid. Yeah. Well, I lived, but for I lived me, by the river, so yeah, something to do. different activity, it, you know? yeah. But for me, going out and fishing and then putting them back and all that, that's ne not where, not where, where how my mind works, yeah. I don't think. So as soon as they, they asked me about coming, I, I did what I always do, which is I probably bought a book, a little mm. book on it, which I've still got actually. Yeah. I bought a little book on it. But the, what I did is I went to the local tackle shop and we had found some rods where I was working and, and we, I bought them in and he went through them, the guy, and he said, you can use that, use that. This is what you need to get started. And there's not many things that you could, you can, you can do for that co cost. Literally, you know, if you live near a coast. Yeah. You know, you're talking about a rod and a reel, 20 quid, way cheaper than that if you get them secondhand. Yeah. A rod and a reel, some weights and some lures and because we're doing lure fishing we don't there's no there's no bait no you know what i mean and if you are half handy you can you can find some rocks and drill some holes in them mm -hmm. if you have yeah, to yeah, yeah. you know yeah. if you don't want to use lead or you yeah. or you want to do it for zero honestly the, the the rod i've been using for 10 years mm. was a pound yeah and it's, it's brilliant. But even if you had to buy brand new, I reckon for 40 quid, you could buy the whole lot brand new well, they were, from scratch. When I went, because you? you asked me to look, I went, yeah. I went to the boot fair on Sunday. Yeah. And they went, and there's a guy there, like a lot of boot fairs, you know, there's people who sell stuff from their house, but there's also yeah. like trade guys there. Yeah, yeah. And there was a guy there and he buys a hundred of this combo. Yeah. It's a 12 foot beach combo with a reel and it was yeah. 29 pounds. Oh, and it had feathers, weights, yeah. that, everything you need. Everything, so 30 quid. 30 quid, everything. And I did ask him, have you got any 10 yeah. foot rods because I was yeah. 12 foot beach cast and he said no yeah. he said I can't get them at the moment yeah. he said um, we did we I had, had trouble finding them didn't you online when we were down yeah. there last time he said you've got about 100 yeah but I'll tell you what that's, that's a bloody turn up that one isn't well, it? I don't even result. know where that's come from amazing perfect as well did the job tonight didn't it so, oh and it's yours now mate just thank keep you. it appreciate that you might need a rod bag soon well I'm gonna have to, I was looking at one of those funnily enough so might that's have to pick that's payday tomorrow so I'll pick that up I second they're on Facebook marketplace millions of them so I'll pick something up. So, so it's taking a real dark colour yeah. there, isn't it? Real dark turn. So, so, so if somebody wanted to do it for about thirty quid, we reckon you get yourself set up, and then it's there's no cost to going to the beach other than what it might cost you to get there and park. Yeah, don't need a license. Don't or need a rod stuff. license, which is lovely. <coughs> now, there's an online fishing forum called WSF World Sea Fishing, right? Yep. And that is all around the world, but it's got some really good um, people on there. Yep. I also used that when I started. Oh, okay. And I actually met people down here. Yeah who gave me a lot of advice and help. And what you have to do is be that nosy person that goes up to people who are fishing on the beach. Mm. Because I didn't know any fish when no. I started. Yeah. I didn't know what they were. I didn't know what you could eat or anything. Yeah. And it's just like all things. You just start and you find out more information as you go. And I'm not saying that I know nothing compared to anybody else, but um, I, I enjoy the excitement of catching things in the sea, knowing that 95% of it, I can eat it. Or, yeah, or I can't eat it, but my, my family can. But 
And so we have, over the years, from this beach, we've caught lots of mackerel, something called horse mackerel, which is called scad, which it, we don't eat in the UK. Mm -hmm. It's really highly thought of on a continent. Mm -hmm. So it's a flatfish, not flatfish-like. It looks like a big, wide mackerel. Yeah. Lovely-looking, silver, yeah. big silver fish. But um, that comes in in shoals like mackerel as yeah. well. Horse mackerel is sometimes called, mm -hmm. like I say. And it's just got an, an, an annoying bone in it. Right, okay. Um, like a triangular shape. Right. So, it, so like where the bones are running down each side, there's ones yeah. that come out like that. Right, okay. So it's really hard to fill it in. Yeah, yeah. And so in don't, this country, yeah, we just don't do it. Man, but if you go on the continent, Spain and it's like yeah, yeah it's like really yeah. well known fish yeah. um we've caught garfish here we've caught eels here which we've eaten at home um we've caught that's like your summer catches and then some rays lots of flatfish and learn all of that yeah by pulling out and go what what's, what's that, that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah uh we've had a few bass over the years i think Not, one thing to say you have to be, just be aware of catch sizes and, and sort of suggest yeah, there are some, some legal rules around what you can legally catch yeah. and they will take yeah. home at least. and you know you can bring a ruler to you with you on the beach and how many and what you're allowed and that's for preservation but i do think that line catching is probably the most ethically sustainable yeah. because you're not you know you're not going to make a huge dent are you in, a, well, in the population well we we know that you can take 20 or 30 fish of an evening with three rods going in and out that's about as many as we've ever caught down here. And obviously you can do more than that. You could take hundreds potentially, but why? Why would you? What, what? I agree, I unless agree. You've got, unless you've got use for them, you're going to yeah. can them up or you're going to preserve them somehow. I think I think that if you if you didn't live close to the beach though, and you were doing it as a special trip and you came and you say, say you caught 40 mackerel. Yeah. And you froze them and had yeah, them over the yeah. next three months. Yeah. I think that's great. Yeah, absolutely. Perfect. Totally beyond that, right. no problem with that at all. But. And the other thing that we do obviously is, as you go into the winter, Mackerel are also a good bait fish. Yeah. And so what we were talking about today. That's Alan's pizza too. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> All right. What, what that is? I don't know, I can't see from down here. It's just, just down below. Just the someone original. absolutely ragging it yeah, along yeah, the promenade. Oh wow, you should have said that as your dominoes turning no, up. Oh right? sorry mate, um, not me. The um yeah, we also use the mackerel that we catch in the winter as our bait and that means that then bait fishing is free yeah. because i have to say the cost of bait has gone up well, extensively yeah. I, I, I remember when we used to do it a bit more frequently and going to pick up the ragworm and lugworm yeah. whatever it was on it and yeah lugworm trying to get that 10 for fresh free, 10 for 350 yeah trying to get that fresh though was difficult at yeah. times you need two of those for a car so you're yeah. looking at 70p for a cast yeah so yeah. i'd much rather use mackerel that I've yeah, yeah, yeah yeah exactly right um, but what we wanted to talk about was the possibility of being self-sufficient in in a form of protein. Yeah, let's let's, let's do that. I, I quite like to do it, you know, relatively quickly. There's other things I'd like to talk about, but but let's just just cover that quickly. I think being self-sufficient in mackerel is very achievable. Certainly On an individual through the basis, I think yeah. it is because you could say that if you had mackerel and you had one fish a week, you're looking at 50 fish for the yeah. year, aren't you? Yeah. And I reckon that that's a couple of outings on a couple of good days. Yeah. And if you knew that you were coming for that, you could literally read the weather, read the catch reports, yeah. read the tide times, and just say you. you uh, I'm not saying you can always say oh, I'll definitely catch when I come. No. But you can really maximise your chances of catching. When you but come. I reckon it'd be very achievable from. Well, even as early as two or three weeks ago this year with the weather we've had right the way through till september yeah. you could eat mackerel two or three times a week if you were so inclined without it costing you anything yeah yeah can you very very easy you know, obviously you have to be you know fairly committed to getting your fishing done yeah okay. 
that black-headed gull? That is black-headed gull. I don't see them very often anymore. What's that going after the white bait? It could be, because it, it must have picked something off the top there, look. Yeah. It saw something and had it straight yeah, away, yeah. didn't it? Yeah. There's normally herring gulls down on this beach where yeah. we are, but black-headed gulls are quite rare now. Yeah, yeah. I used yeah. to see them at school. Yeah. When I was living in Essex. Right, yeah. In the winter. Right, yeah. I'd yeah. get driven in. Yeah. And the whole... I remember distinctly in primary school the whole um, playground being covered with black-headed gulls. Oh, really? But I don't ever see them anymore. Oh, we see them, but I, I'm used to see, we see them down, they get down on the reservoir as well, and in my right, folks' yeah, room. Yeah, yeah, We see them here, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Um, obviously, perhaps not in the numbers I'm used to. Certainly as a kid, no. I remember seeing when we went down to Cornwall and that, seeing hundreds of them. Yeah. Not so common now, but... Uh, so, yeah, I was saying, you could easily be self-sufficient in mackerel through the summer, couldn't you? And eat it two or three times a week. you could. Yeah. Now, I, I don't know... South Coast, obviously, has mackerel shoals coming in. Yep. I don't know what what the, what the east and the west coast of the know, UK are like. I know southwest you get them. It's just about finding the right beaches. Yeah, but finding the right, but it's finding the right marks, the right, right beaches, yeah. the right places to go. Yeah, uh, and that's just about getting some of that local knowledge, like you were suggesting earlier. Yeah, um, and, but that, any, and, and you, like I say, you can do that online. Yeah, um, but I think it's a lovely community. You know, normally of people who will talk to each yeah, other. Yeah, well, know, I've seen people up in Scotland catching them this week. Yeah, posting yeah. pictures of well, my, know, brother, my brother who has done mackerelin on the west coast of Ireland and things like that and I know that he is caught there yeah um, many times but, um, but but then I think what would happen is you could start with the summer mackereling and then and then like I say it, you, you, there'll be some bycatch there that you don't know yeah, yeah. eels and garfish yeah. and uh, we, you know I've caught bream here yeah like, like they're lovely little, fish little silver bream yeah. flounder and flats and dabs <laughs> yeah um, and and we're, we're quite blessed because this is a shingle, steep shingle beach. But if you go 10 miles down the road, there's flat sand beach, which yeah. gives you different kind of fish. Yeah. And then in the winter here, whiting, codlin. I don't know if you'd still get codlin, but dogfish, which is mm-hmm. basically hus. Yeah. That's what it is, rock yeah. salmon, whatever yeah. you want to call it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think I don't... I, there have been many, many times when the whiting are as numerous as the mackerel. Right. Okay. Without shadow of a doubt. Yeah. You just got to get that right time. Yeah. I don't. I'm, I wouldn't say that I'm. Um, I don't have the level of understanding and knowledge. Well, let's about try that. and get that, shall we, this winter? Because that'd be a nice thing to do. Uh, well, it won't be long, mate. No. October. Yeah. November. Oh, right. oh, okay. Let's get we on. We come it. down here. We bring big thermos. Yeah. Bring a little beach tent if it's really yeah. blowing. Yeah. The only trouble is here. You have to turn the beach. You, you turn, turn the beach tent, tent away from the, the beach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But, to be honest with you, there's something about it being freezing cold. We can have a fire down here. Can't yeah, we? yeah. I've had plenty of fires down yeah, here. We have a fire on the beach, earth. and Great. then we just sit here and have hot chocolate with a little bit of libation in there. Sounds like a plan to me, mate. <laughs> Sounds. And like then you a can plan. get your white fish. I do like a bit of white fish. It's why for dinner tonight. Lovely. Really. Yeah, I'm not sure you're going to get a bit of hus that big. But no, you know, no, no, your luck. No, but you know, you never know your luck, mate. Got to start somewhere, ain't you? Yeah, yeah, and and then you know it's, it goes back to what we've spoke about many times, which is about that protein section of the meal. Mm. If you can provide or or gather or garner or hunt or fish, the protein section of the meal, that's a different feeling. Right, it's a different thing, and it all together, and it means you've then got the capacity to make the whole meal typically. Yeah, because most of us can do the veggie section and the carb section. Yeah, um, most of us that are doing this. So yeah, so yeah, so. It's about getting the right gear. It's about finding the right places. It's about getting that bit, little bit of local knowledge. And get someone to go with, because it's yeah. nice to do it as a social event, isn't it? I mean, yeah. I've been fishing here many times on my own, and it's nice, but, it, you know, and it's calming, and and something about being next to the sea, isn't it, as well? It's really good for you, the ozone coming in off it. and I typically so won't stay as things. long when I come on my own. No. 
I might come down. I'm, you know, like I might come down tomorrow night, depending on how things go. Do an hour or so. But it won't be till nine o'clock, and I'll yeah. just do it until I can't see what I'm doing, and then I'll go home, which will be maybe an hour if I'm lucky. Yeah, lovely. Um, we'll see how we go, but it's a nice thing to be able to do, and obviously living close makes it a lot easier. But anywhere in the country, you're no more than seventy miles from the coast, are you? You certainly are not, and and and, it, and even if it was just something you did when you went on holiday, you know, I'm yeah. going to Cornwall this year. Yeah. I might bring my little telescopic rod in and. I would, I would say if you're going down to Cornwall, yeah, you're probably better off taking your bigger rod right. and going bass, bassler, because the bass down there seem to be the thing. Okay, mate. Well, that's uh, it's uh, certainly achievable. You alright, mate? Yeah. Certainly. Alarm is. Oh, it's an alarm. Yeah. Someone's nicked your pizza. Wow. I'm not sure that's going to show. People might be able to hear it. But yeah, right. okay. It's not, um, not disturbing the recording. It's not your motor, is it? No, it's not, no. <laughs> well, it might be, though, for a second. It definitely ain't my motor. They got a lot. You got everything in there, mate. I, I'll tell you what, I must tell this story, because uh, there's a little situation I was in the other day where there was a couple of big branches come down where I was, and I was worried about not being secure. And obviously, given the line of work I'm in, I need mm. to make sure these things are safe. And it's bothering me a bit, so... We were meeting up when we that night anyway. We and, were. Uh, I just sent Mike a text. I said, I don't suppose you've got a chainsaw in the back of your car. Come and deal with this when we can, can you? And he did. So well, he the came first day I'd had a chainsaw in my car for ages. <laughs> What's the chances? Well? What's the chances? Quite high, really. But good on you. Appreciate that. It was really, really good of you. Yeah, that was well, Nice to know that everyone's safer because of it. Did the job. Yeah, absolutely. So so that's that's fit macro, really, isn't it? We talked yeah. about there. And I think yeah. maybe later on in the year, we might record one of these in the winter down here if it's not too blowy. No. No, it would be absolutely lovely, wouldn't it? And, and it's a whole different thing. And I, I tend to go fishing at night yeah. in the winter. Yeah. I prefer it. Yeah. Um, and that's not just so people can't see my dodgy casting. <laughs> no, I, I don't know why. It's just something about it. Yeah. I think quite often the fishing is better as well. And, yeah. you know, obviously the fish are relying on the scent. But, you know, if you can come down here two or three days after a really good storm or blow and, and then, oh, man, it's lovely. It's so invig- invigorating. Let's do it. Let's do it. So we'll, we'll, maybe we'll talk about those sorts of fish when we do that. Yeah. So what I really wanted to talk about, though, is was kind of what we've been doing lately, mm. which is looking to be self-sufficient in vegetables for the winter and the spring. Mm. And I think I'm just turning my head to that now. Yeah. Obviously, I've got the summer crops in, as I said earlier. Yeah. Starting to take out the early crops now. They're starting to come back out again, and that's leaving space for the new things to go in. And some of that's more summer crop. Yeah, before we dive into the winter thing, I, it's just because there have been a few people talking about I think a few people have moved home or, got yeah. in, or inherited a new garden or something. Yeah. It, please don't think it's too late yeah. now. You could literally start tomorrow and, yeah. be, and be growing 80% of the... I mean, there's a few things now. You know, you're going to struggle. Unless you can find some tomato plants, which you still can. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're going to struggle to grow them from seed. But too you late from seed. But doubt. you could still definitely get some plants from your garden centre on... Facebook, there's loads of people giving away tomatoes at the moment. All yep. those people have got 9 million in their greenhouse. I think the only thing to say about those people that have got 9 million in their greenhouse, which you might get them really cheap, or you might even get them free yeah. now, is that there's a very high chance that your first couple of trusses will come out with blossom end rot. Yeah, they're a bit pot-bound. They'll be a bit pot-bound, and they'll perhaps struggle for nutrient by this yeah. point, and they're, you know, they're, they're not going to be producing perfect tomatoes. No. No. And it's certainly too late to be saying things like tomatoes and chilies from yeah, seed. Absolutely, but you can pick but them But there up. are other things. Yeah, and... But it's not too late to be doing French beans, runner beans, yep. carrots, beetroot, all yep. of that, all of that, all your salad stuff, spinach. Um, yeah, spring onions. Yep. And it won't be long before you can do some overwintering onions. You yep. can't get any onion onions in now, unfortunately. Yep. But you could certainly be doing um, even up to 
squashes and pumpkins, you can direct sow them, I would say, probably for the next couple of weeks. You could probably yeah. get away with those. As, you know, if we have a good winter, you certainly will get a good yeah. autumn, you'll get away with those. Yeah. But um, so, you know, if you, yeah, it might take you a couple of weekends of graft, but you could really still produce a good substantial crop. I know that you could sow a courgette now. And oh. you would be definitely eating courgettes. And in fact, I and as you have, as you've taught me, yeah. I will be sowing yeah. courgettes again in two you, or three weeks. I gave you four. Today. Yeah, I know. I'm it's still going to sow something for four weeks. <laughs> such even a good quiver. Even if I just put them in the middle of a flower bed, yeah. they've got lovely flowers on them. They're great. Yeah. So, I know we're going to go on and talk about um, stuff for next year almost, but yeah. it's not too too late this year. It's not too late. No, this year. And, I, and I think. We will go on and talk about stuff for next year, and we probably will need to do it again a bit later on in the season. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I just wanted to get get ahead of it because I reckon that in the next month, most of the things you're going to want to at least start sowing for winter consumption or for early spring consumption, you're probably going to want to start sowing some of those now. I have. Yeah. But I'm still working out the polytunnel timings, and there's a big difference between growing things in a polytunnel and undercover for the winter yeah then outside i would yeah. suggest and um i suppose the risk of the polytunnel is you sow them now for the winter and they come ready for like october yeah but yeah. then i'll just keep going mate yeah just keep doing yeah. i want some early cabbages i yeah. want some early cauliflowers i want some yeah. early purple sprouting broccoli and obviously the yeah. brussels sprouts and things like that but yeah. just do lots of successional sowings and see what happens you know i'm yeah. still learning my way with it without shadow yeah. of a doubt yeah so so what we're really then talking about is sowing now, things you can be sowing now, and obviously as you've mentioned, some of that is for this summer and autumn, yeah. and it's not too late to do lots of that. But I'm also looking at it, and I, like the example I gave earlier, I was mentioned I've Savoy Virtus mm. cabbage. I'm sowing those now, really, for consumption in the winter. January. Yeah, that's what I'm looking for. Yeah. January, February time, that's what I'm looking for. And I'm then thinking, well, purple sprouting broccoli. Yeah. I'm thinking it's probably on the end of the time when I want to be doing sweet, but sweet. Oh no, you Swede's reckon you fine. keep doing Swede, would you? No, yeah, Swede are yeah. All, all right till probably mid mid July. Okay. Um, I only sowed my Swede today. Okay, enough. isn't that funny, isn't it? Yeah, I sowed go. my Swede today, and I've done because I want to sow it outside. Yeah. But it was raining. Yeah. So I've kept nine hundred seeds for outside. Yeah. But um, I've sown some for plugs, oh. and and I, I, initially I was a bit like, yeah, I'm not sure it'll go well, mm. but I know that if I get them out early enough. Yeah. The thing about Swedes, and indeed a lot of those brassicas for me, is that I, I will actually put some of them outside. They will get leaf strip mm-hmm. from pigeons, though. They don't. Yeah. They, Swedes don't tend to get too hammered by cabbage whites. No. But what they will do is they'll get pigeon. But by the time the pigeons have them, they're normally where they're going to get to anyway. Yeah, yeah. They don't really, do they? No. But I'll do some inside. I'm going to do some outside. But I will also... It's so much easier to plant Swedes when they're plug plants yeah, yeah, I can yeah. set them exactly at four six yeah. inches apart and get to know the size you're going to get them to yeah? and I know exactly I needed yeah. a row and everything yeah. <laughs> yeah. whereas the whole thinning out of them especially if the weather does turn early yeah. becomes quite yeah, yeah, tricky yeah. doesn't it so I'm not a fan of thin, thinning out all those fiddly nonsense things as, as you know I'd much rather do them in plugs yeah it's just that out. some and it's just that some plants don't take well to transplanting parsnips being your yeah. classic example yeah. they don't they hate it don't they yeah. Um, and carrots, I would, yeah. I would plug, plug so carrots ever. That's just me, but yeah. I know some people do, and yeah. probably have great success with it. But we're certainly on the on the early end of sowing for winter. But I think now's a good time to be thinking about it. Think about it, and Getting if anything else, think about where you're going to grow it. Yeah, because 
mean, hats off to anyone who can grow brassicas in the UK outside. That's all I can say. <laughs> um, not covered. Or, or pak choy at all. Yeah, oh, no, <laughs> covered I, or not covered. I grew some banging pak choy last year. <laughs> Everything so, eats pak choy. So think about how can I protect the brassicas? And that's what we're so talking about. So it's not just buying there. seeds, it's buying or finding poles net. and net. Yeah? Yeah. Okay, some sort of poles and net. And they could, that could be something as simple as canes and tennis and it, and, balls. And the, and the other thing is that brassicas are massive, and they? Tend to be big. Yeah. yeah. And so, yeah. You, you know, in order for you to get a decent crop, yeah. you, you, you tend to have to put quite a lot of yeah. support up for them. And so, so, yeah, sticks to hold them up. So in a polytunnel is not a bad call. But, yeah. But no one wants to put cabbages in their polytunnel in the summer because yeah. no. they've got better things to be growing in there. Yeah, yeah. They're still catching over there, look. They've got some coming in. Team effort by the looks of it. I'm not sure that's helping necessarily. In there, bro. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, two the, of them. maybe the rod's broke. Oh, maybe. Having a good old go, though. Looks like they're bringing a couple in, are they? Well, what we'll they got? Can you minute, see? Mate, we? I don't know. You're better at, you've got better eyesight than I have. <laughs> oh, I don't know. But no, so talking about brassicas, what we're talking about there is then cabbages, broccolis, cauliflowers, bro uh, Brussels sprouts, Swedes, Swedes kale. kohlrabi, kale. Kale, yeah. Um, so I've, I've actually held off saying my kale just yet. Right, okay. I'm going to wait a few I've weeks got some do that. I've got some already. And... I've done the Cavallo Nero, yeah, but yeah, I'm going to do some like Red Russian and I've got some Siberian kale as well. Ooh, yeah, I'll do nice. some of those, which is kind of really for sort of July to September sowing. Right, but yeah. making sure you've got your infrastructure in place is, I mean, something I've learned the hard way this year. If it's not in place, you have to work harder yeah. when you want to be doing other things, you know? Yeah. Um, I'm just putting a few things in this bucket for while yeah. I can see them. No worries. <laughs> um, I know what happens here. Yeah, yeah, it gets dark suddenly, doesn't it? It gets dark and then you're yeah. like, now, where did I put that? So we'd be talking about, obviously, those things we've mentioned. Anything else you'd be sowing for overwintering in the next sort of month or so, though? What do you reckon? Uh, by the end of July, I might be looking to do some sowings of coriander and parsley. Yeah. Um, you could do some corn salad, then. Yeah. Yeah. You could do some clotonia. And certainly by the middle of July, I'd be looking to sow more salad for this year. I've done, I'm doing that you're already. Doing, you're doing that again now, even though it's been hot. I'm doing that, but I'm germinating it um, like in the, almost in the dark, right, okay. just to get it up yeah. and going in the cooler temperatures. Right, okay. So like in a shady front room. Yeah. So I've, d I've done some in a shady part of the garden. Yeah. Yeah. And you'll, you'll um, get a better return on it. Yeah. So yeah, you could definitely be doing that. But the coriander and the chervil and the um, parsley, that'll all go really well if you put that in now. Mm -hmm. um, really well. Yeah. You know, I would definitely be doing that. I'd be getting them in. Um, what else could you be doing now? Well, I'm, I'm looking at, obviously you're looking at successional sayings for the summer, but I've also got half an eye on next year's like early beetroot. Right, oh, okay. And beet leaf through the winter. Yeah. So yeah. that's not just spinach and, and, and chard, but also beetroot leaf Yeah. For, for through the winter. And it's yeah. a little bit early to be sowing it. It's quite a bit early to be sowing it realistically. Mm. But again, thinking about being ready for it. And I'm, I'm looking at this as a successional thing. I'd like to champion the much maligned turnip, mate. Oh, I know, you <laughs> turnip. I'd like to champion the much maligned Milan purple top, right? All right, if ball you, trick with your if turnips. You, if you've not had a turnip for a long time, please give them a go, because I think they're one of the best, speediest brassicas to grow. Hmm. They grow quite a lot of food for a small space, hmm. and... If you if you learn how to cook them, they're actually really nice. Yeah. You know, I don't know if you like them. Do you like them? I'm not the biggest fan. They're all right. 
but if I've got other things to eat, I'll, I'll yeah, choose yeah. them. I you understand, know? yeah, I understand. I, I think that they lend themselves very well to that one-pot cookery that I do. Which you do a lot of, yeah. and I don't as much. And I think yeah. they also are great with honey and thyme on, which I, mind you, is not a lot that in. <laughs> but, but, <laughs> not much. But can't oven roasted with turnips with honey and thyme is a beautiful thing. <laughs> I'd also say that a turnip puree is a very nice thing. Okay, all right. Get them in your mashed veg. Okay. I think they're pretty good for you as oh, well. Yeah. And they have that cabbagey flavour, that brassica flavour, which is which is nice. I've, I I really like them. I've okay. always liked them, and um, I don't think I've ever had a turnip gratin. But no. I'll have a go. <laughs> I, I really like the greens, so I've been I've been sowing collard greens this year for the first time. Yeah. Funny enough, I got some of yeah, those. Yeah. I've done like kales and cabbages and all sorts over the years, but never collard greens. So I thought I'd give that a go this year because I love eating them. Yeah. So nice in the spring. The first, when that first big. Yeah. See those big old bags in the supermarket, don't you? And even yeah. supermarket grown stuff is great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we we, really we had a we had a really good crop of them this year, collards. Yeah. And high high green, we grew one called high high crop green, oh, which okay. is like a variant. Yeah. Um, but we had those, and I just did a big mixed bed of those, and we were eating those around January, February, and they yeah. kept us right. They kept us going until I cleared the yeah. tunnel of greenery for the tomatoes. Yeah. So. You know, they've done really, really well. A boat going by now. That's look. my boat, mate. That's the old chauffeur just rocking up here. It's my speedboat. Take well, me home for the afternoon. We've got an offer to go out there one night if you're up for it. Oh, mate, even, that, even that's too choppy for me for going on the boat. <laughs> really? When it's Mill Pond, we'll go it's out got and a catch some mirror. flounder. All right. <laughs> All right. I like my feet firmly on the shoreline. <laughs> Oh dear! Well, so I've been in for a swim, and I had a yeah, little dip. Yeah, I'm not sure that counts. But anyway, um, well, it's more of a swim than you had. <laughs> yeah, it's not about. Yeah, I know how cold it is. Yeah, that's all right. Um, but no, so the collard greens are great. The kale is great. It's things like the Cavallone era that I've sown now. It's a, a little bit early. The ones that I've done, but if you sowed it now, that would overwinter now. Yeah. And certainly, you can sow that right through to September, and it'll overwinter. Yeah, I think you're probably right. Um, I've got to gut some fish live on radio oh, yeah. now. Is that all right? Oh, yeah, you do what you like, mate. Go for it. <laughs> Go for it. So I, I think there's a lot there to be thinking about in terms of just getting ready for yeah. the next month or so. And I think probably we might have... Well, let's do it quickly now. Successional yeah. sowing. Yeah. Yeah. Successional sowing. So, so I think it all goes hand in hand, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. So the first thing is, oh, it's really easy not to be ruthless. It's really easy to think, oh, there's a few there. Yeah, well, you know, I'll keep them hanging on. They look good. Get them out. Get the next lot in, mate. Yeah. That's all I can say. Is yeah. that when you need to get your, when you need that ground, the ground is the most valuable resource. If you've had enough of something, get it out. Put yeah. something else in. Yeah. You know, if you've, well, that's what I think. If you if you feel that you've finished with, you know, eating, you've had enough of, you've had enough kale for that bit or whatever. Just get them out and then get get the next crop in. Use the ground for what it. For, the, for that net, we, you know, we've been eating Monge 2 and it was so good at the beginning, but yep. everyone's a bit jaded of Monge 2. Well, yeah? the other thing about the Monge 2 is as it gets older, it gets yeah. a bit stringy, doesn't it? Yeah. And then it's not as nice. No, no. Um, so, but, the so, plants look all right and yeah. there's still some coming, but yeah. I think you'd be better off having new Monge 2 yep. or growing something else. Yep, I agree with that. And I think that's something to, to be thinking and to be ready then with plug plants to put in if you can. Yeah, yeah. So, I think that's really key. That's yeah, key to getting the maximum out of your space. I think some plants also lend themselves to swapping over and rotating a little bit. So, so you might have a successional sowing, but it doesn't mean they're always in the same place. Yeah. So certainly for us, you know, there's a, there's only limited space in a polytunnel, isn't there? But I don't always want to grow the same thing 
No, because I've got some carrots out. I don't yeah. always want to put carrots back in. No. It's all right for a season. Yeah. But, um, don't want to keep doing like, it over and over. Like my early potatoes are out. Yeah. We're getting them out. The polytunnel ones, not the main yeah. ones. But we're eating them. We're eating yeah. early spuds now. Mm-hmm. And as, they, as they're coming out, there's some really nice ground there. Yeah. So it's like, oh, what could we put in here? Yeah. And funnily enough, probably will put carrots in there. Yeah, yeah. Because the ground's, the ground's been, been turned yeah, over. Yeah. It's nice. And spuds help break it up. Yeah, and they, they use a lot of the big heavy nutrient, and it's still yeah. there's still nutrient there, but it's friable, easy yeah. to put in. So yeah. we probably will put another load of carrots in there. Yeah. Um, but I might I might do a mixed beetroot and carrot bed or something like that. Yeah. Um, all of those things are direct, though. But I could have some plug turnips. I could yeah. have some plug swedes. The swedes yeah. could go in there. They'd be yeah. okay. So I've got my monge two coming out shortly, and I probably will sow things for overwintering in there. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's no. probably what I'm going to do. So I'm going to be. I've sown now some sprouting broccoli for that purpose. Yeah. Which will go in there. I'm gonna fill this out, you're right, man. Yeah, of course. By the time the peas are by the time the peas are properly out, yeah, old seagull, yeah, go on, seagull's taking that head away. Um it's gone, mate, it's gone, it's just gone. Um, no. Um so I've sown some for that purpose last weekend. And then by the time the monster are properly finished with, yeah, they'll be ready to go in. Yeah. Give it a couple of weeks, maybe a bit more than that, before I go away on holiday this year. They'll go in, in their final growing position and that'll be that done, boxed off. Job, jobs are good. Yeah. Um, I've got broad beans coming out in a few weeks. Yeah. And broad beans... Are they outside? They are outside, yeah. That's been a good year for broad beans. It has been a good year so far. Why is that, do you think? Sorry? Why is that? Not been as much black fly. Not been anywhere near as much black fly. I wonder if it's the heat. Oh, that one's got lucky. That one's got lucky. Oh, no, this one's coming in first. Watch out. Probably going to go for it now, look. look he's going to eat it. Yeah. Oh, not. Yeah. Oh, there oh. we go. Got in there just in time. There's <laughs> carnage here. Yeah, yeah. Of course, they're carnage. They're going to start calling in a minute, and then we'll never know. I've only got five. <laughs> <laughs> you wait. Um, I'm covering so these. So, why has it been a good year for broad beans? I think it's been hot enough. The black fly, it was cold enough and wet enough, and then hot enough that the black fly struggled to yeah. get a foothold. Yeah. Um, I think that the beans themselves have done well despite the heat, actually. Do you know what's going to be a great crop this year, mate? The French beans are going to be yeah. massive. Oh, mine, mine, I, I often have trouble getting them to start going up the canes, and yeah. this year they've flown up. Yeah, I bet they have. So, um, but you could be thinking about getting a crop of dwarf beans in there. Oh, yeah. It's a succession. I'm eating dwarf beans, by the way. Oh, yeah. yeah mine just are, Yeah, mine, mine are flowering, but that's about as far as I got. Just started having the first yeah. ones. Um... Oh, I love French beans. They're so good, aren't they? So good. So versatile as well. Such a great great ingredient. Well, the thing I was going to say that's really handy for people is that if you're someone who's in a rush, like we were saying, and it might be a successional crop, but you could um, you can put dwarf beans in and you don't need to put any canes up or anything no. like that. Just bang them in and they'll look after themselves more or less, really. Well, can I suggest something? Yeah, go on. If you're growing salads, yeah, right, if... If your salads now are you're harvesting them, yeah, get some dwarf beans, yeah, go up and down in between the rows, yeah, and push some dwarf bean seeds into the ground. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. And of course, they will grow up above the height of the lettuce, and as you harvest yeah. the lettuce and make think, space for them, didn't think of that. Your dwarf beans will grow through. Very nice, mate. So you're just talking about those. They're not. It's not a cat intercropping. That's intercropping, called isn't it? Yeah. intercropping. Yeah. So trying to find make you the most of your space. Absolutely, and also. Using different nutrients, aren't they? Yeah, they are. And, and, and helping each other out yep. in a way, really. Exactly. So it's, that's a really good tip. And the other one I've found is that, um, it's not going to be the case this year, but I've found that often broad beans and sweet corn dovetail really well. Yeah. So if you've got, if you take 
take the broad beans out, the sweet corn go in. It won't be the case this year for me. It's often the case. Well, of course, past. carnage there, mate. Yeah, yeah, we're going to get mobbed. Mobbed and uh, probably, yeah, no, might, have to, might have to duck the bombs. <laughs> <laughs> That's it, lads. All done. All gone. None left. Sorry. Oh, That's no. Oh, a bit of old guts there or something. Bits, yeah, yeah. Lovely jubbly. Quite yeah. some big ones coming in here, yeah, though. Yeah, beautiful, though, aren't they? Yeah, I do love I do love them. Them seagulls. Herring gulls, these are, not they? Yeah. So in a minute, I will go down and wash off the old gutted mackerel now. Yeah. And it's as easy as that. But yeah. for little things like that, I never knew how to do it. No. Why have we just been sitting here chatting? Mike's gutted all five of those fish. And the seagulls out, have had a dinner Chucked out the bits for the seagulls. They've, they've made, a, made a meal of that. It's been great. Could have kept the heads. Yeah, yeah, could have done. We could have kept the heads, put them on a big hook and gone for a bass. Yeah. But to be fair, there's about 40... <laughs> no, not 40. 20. 20 herring goes eyeing us up now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think there's some yeah, serious yeah, action yeah, going yeah, on here. Yeah, yeah sorry. Sorry, <laughs> disappointed. Disappointed. Ah, temperature's dropped now, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah. But I think the thing to say, you know, to come bring it back to it, get your successions in, get your stuff out, get, get other, other stuff ready to go in. Don't be shy of sowing it or planting it before the other thing has actually come out. No, definitely not. And just, and just, just keep going with the successions because there is that tendency to be, oh, I've grown a cool shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah. put another one in, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. and um, and you'll become like that person who, you know, when people come around your house and they know where to sit because there's stuff yeah. everywhere. Yeah, all over yeah, yeah, yeah. No one can see out the windows yeah, or anything yeah, like that, yeah, or yeah, yeah. all up the path. But yeah. you know, it's only for a few weeks, isn't it? And yeah. then and then as some things come out, it's such a nice feeling. And I think that that's a big step up from being a summer an autumn grower yeah. to, to, to having a more holistic yeah. view of self-sufficiency and taking it to the next level I think people underestimate how much you can grow even in the UK but they probably also I know I certainly did they underestimate the amount of damage that your brassicas in particular will take that you are, you're having a laugh aren't you this seagull you're having a right old look <laughs> getting getting some pest protection sorted for, for your brassicas is is key really and um, well you ain't going to get brassicas through the winter without covering them no because the pigeons and, make a meal and, and maybe we could ask people on the on the uh, on the on the facebook group page to share some of the ways they protect their crop and you know i know that i had i had a bit of success with row covers yeah um because for me just trying to cover an area bigger than that was it was quite untenable really i think the next thing i probably would have done would have been i'd have got a free greenhouse frame and just netted yeah, it yeah, yeah. and just plonked it over yeah. because trying to build anything that big like a big cage or something like that probably for me wouldn't have worked or i'd have ended up doing what you've done successfully you know using that's wooden poles that's and covering so everything i think that's what i would have it's done it's been though. so good and what i can now do is i can I, and i've still got a few to do because I didn't do the whole thing, and probably what I should have done in hindsight is netted the whole plot yeah. with one yeah. big net, and then put a door in it. Yeah, and right. then you I could talk just walk for like in ten seconds. Yeah, of course. I'm going to go and wash these off. If, just if, while I can see. I reckon if I'd have done that, <laughs> I wouldn't now be in a position where I'm struggling to. It looks like I've had a beer out. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't now be in a position where I'm struggling to get in and out of the beds, or I'm struggling to get new nets up because because oh, I've done a I've done a rotation. Uh, and I'm struggling a bit to obviously keep up with that. It's been a bit difficult, but I think the thing to say is if you don't cover them, you're going to struggle to keep hold of them. So it's got to be done. And from my point of view, having them in those smaller beds, it's been very easy to manage. I can roll the net up and leave it open. You're right. Oh, you'll live. You've been in there already for a swim. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, so you, you I lost my train of thought, mate. I lost my train of thought. Was the sight of me coming up? Yeah, it was. It was. Like Bo Derek in is it ten coming out of the water? <laughs> I like James Bond coming up the beach. James mate. Bond, you're going for it. Yeah? Oh. <laughs> no, I was just oh. saying, I, I can now, I can now leave the nets up. So if I want things pollinated, I can leave the sides up, and having oh. the having them into into individual beds like that has a benefit. But probably yeah. in hindsight, I might have just netted the whole thing. It'd been so much easier. Know what they're for? Be a quail, presumably. Yeah. Cut fish bones, yeah. Yeah, they keep their beak sharp. Yeah. And, and uh, loads the of them chickens like them as well, actually. Do they? Yeah. Calcium, isn't they? Oh, I suppose so, yeah. yeah. Put, put a couple up. Yeah. Something for them to do as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, well, I, um, took, I took my garlic out the other day. Yeah. Because it was, it was all rusted and it was all over, done. Tiny. Yeah. Waste of time. It's that little catch crop I did because I had uh, the, the plants coming up where I hadn't cleared them all out last year. Yeah. So nothing lost. No. But I've gained a few, you know, they're not particularly worthwhile, but I've gained a few little garlic. Do you know what's a good thing to do then? Roast them whole. Oh, right, yeah. Or? Just make, use them to make stock. Yeah. Make really good yeah. stock. Well, I, I roast them whole, I put them under my roast chicken, two or three of them under roast chicken. I'll put them in a roast chicken, yeah, whole one. Yeah. Oh, that'd be nice. Help make your gravy. Um, but then I've just had some, I had some cabbages ready to go. Yeah. So took the garlic out, put the cabbages straight in. Ooh, you know, it's just, that's just part of it, is having that plan, what's coming next, keeping an eye on what's going. Roughly how long is it going to be? All right. That's it. Yeah, I'm just cleaning off. <laughs> anyway, I reckon we've come to a natural end there, mate. I mean, we might call it tonight. Do you reckon, mate? Well, unless you've got anything else you want to say. <laughs> One of them ramblers tonight, isn't it? Yeah, it's been a bit of a ramble. But, but sometimes they're the best ones, mate. Well, I think, if nothing else, anyone listening to this has come to the beach for an hour. Wherever they live. It's me washing my fish. I'd be amazed if they can't hear that sea rolling in and out. Oh, yeah. And seagulls in the background. So. Well, I'll tell you what, these have turned from being fish into a dinner now. Look. Yeah, there you go. Look at that. The colours on mackerel are incredible, aren't they? They're lovely. They really are beautiful fish. Anyway, thank you very much indeed for listening, everybody. We'll be back in a few weeks' time. Yeah, and um, it'll be, we'll be right in harvest then, won't we? We will be. Right in Just harvest. as I'm about to go on holiday as well. Typical. Anyway, take care of yourselves, people. <laughs> Speak to you soon. Bye-bye. So, ladies and gents, if you've enjoyed listening to the latest episode of the Homesteading UK podcast, uh, please get onto our Facebook group, Homesteading UK podcast Facebook group. Come and follow us on uh, Instagram and all those good places. And please do tell all your friends about us and uh, how much you've enjoyed listening. Uh, Come back again next time. Thank you very much for listening. Cheers. Bye-bye.